You're live on the Regional Media Podcast Network. Let's get down to business. The discussion with local media trailblazer Fletcher Ford featuring special guest Darren Brown. We're going to discuss it right now. If you want to be successful locally, you have to get your butt out of bed and put in the work. Yeah, I know. The guy's really good. Yeah, he's so sharp, he probably cut himself smiling. The discussion, local, helping local. All right, this is my show, and it's a serious intellectual hour of discussion, and I want to keep it that way. Yeah! <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby! Woo! Fletcher has access to some of the highest performing people in small business today. We're talking about a lot of money here. That sounds so good. This guy has connections. Fletcher Ford, featuring special guest Darren Brown. What the f*** are you two talking about? You know what I'm talking about, right? And now, the discussion. We're sitting with Josh Jackson from Country Financial. Josh, uh, how you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Um... God, this seems so weird because it seems like we were just here yesterday talking about insurance. It's because we were, and then the power went out. <laughs> we were? <laughs> yeah, we forgot about that, huh? Um, yeah, once we have that generator installed, that won't be an issue. But, uh, yeah, we were rocking along, and we were probably 30 minutes into this puppy, and voila, no power. Yeah, that was – do you still have that audio? Yeah, probably. Splice it in. Yeah, yeah, We. I mean, just – the miracle of broadcasting. We yeah, can, we at, least, can, at least we got some lunch out of it. Yeah, True. We, we did. It was pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm withering away to nothing. I need to eat as kind of stuff as fast as possible. Um, Tuck, and I guess uh, talking about uh, power outages, I mean, what happens when your power goes out in your home and you have a sump pump with no battery backup? Awful. Awful things. Has that happened to some of your clients? A lot. Like, I mean, we're, like we're, define a lot, like... We probably, when a major storm rolls through, we'll get 20, 30 calls the next day. People have water in their basement. Um, in some cases, they have other people's stuff floating up from the sewers back in. Stuff. Define stuff. Uh, fecal <laughs> matter and whatnot. Is that the professional term? <laughs> fecal matter. <laughs> and whatnot. What's yes. whatnot? Oh, the toilet paper. And oh, thanks for putting me in the spot. Yeah, there. you yeah. like that? All the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, guess, I guess since you bring that up, we are rolling up on some pump season. Um, you know, when you have a major storm roll through, it tends to have uh, a lot of electricity with it. High winds, knocks out the power. That's when you're most vulnerable. Yeah, something that uh, happened with us, and I don't know if, <laughs> if you've ever had a client that this happened to, but we have a septic system, and all of the water runoff in the water table was really, really high when all the snow was melting and all of a sudden our septic was getting backed up, you know, every 24 to 48 hours, which was unheard of. But when I was uh, talking to the people that actually do it, they said they literally had hundreds of calls in a few hour span where people are in the septic world have the same issue. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so how does that coverage work? So like if I have a septic tank versus a, you know, a, a city water or sewer how does that is it different coverages or how does that work same endorsement would cover both oh, okay whether it's a septic or sump pump the the basic policy uh issued in our states have uh an exclusion for surface water and unfortunately the septic and sewer would be classified as surface water once it exits your home so if that backs up into the house you need to buy that coverage back most major carriers offer that coverage to be purchased back whether it's in a how they code, it's all different. Some pump, sewer backup, combo of the two, but that coverage would be available to, to purchase back and get coverage in that situation. So basically, what you're saying is, if we don't do that as clients, we're pretty much in a pretty crappy situation. Correct. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to make Josh smile. He's just, yeah, he looks so serious, you know. He's. Yeah. He's it, Mr. Insurance. That's the insurance world. Got to be serious. Oh, shit. <laughs> or, or be, glad, be glad you're not in our business because there's no seriousness about it. <laughs> or make sure I don't say anything that's got to go to OGC. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. OGC, is that like the insurance mafia or something? <laughs> OG. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> are you? No, that'd be our attorneys that oversee everything we do. No. Uh, so, so are they the mob? Like the attorney's mob? Pretty much. <laughs> They're out of Chicago, I think. So have you ever gotten in one of those phone calls from them? Um, to date, no. I always try to stay outside of the gray area. 
Well, if we can accomplish anything during this podcast, let's make that happen for you. <laughs> let's see that policy so, at work. Yeah. So, so what can't you talk about? Let's talk about that. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Anytime you say the word guarantee. Yeah. yeah. Guarantee. You can't guarantee anything in the insurance business. Well, you can guarantee that rates will go up. That's pretty much what happens all the time in insurance. But it's supply and demand, right? Well, everybody got a decrease last year during COVID. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Actually, I, did, I won't say I everybody. Get a, I did get a check back from that. That was nice. A check back. I mean, yeah. the only check I ever get from the insurance company is a claim check. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't like thousands of dollars, but it, it was a little something because they figured out people are driving less. I'm assuming that's the reason, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was a nice little check. Thank you, country. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so back to the sump pump thing real quick. Yeah. One other thing. Back to the crap talk. Yes. Okay. <laughs> one one thing that so we talked about the sewer backup side. Um, you talked about the power outage and what yeah. to do. Um, battery backup would be ideal. Yeah. Um, that's one way to self insure if you don't have the coverage. Um, and then being all nerdy, you definitely want to have your d- downspouts, gutters. Nerdy, like nerdy, like those are only, only nerds go out and work on their downspout. Is that no? Uh, but just getting all into the fine details of how you can self insure and what you need to do. You know, make sure. Land's graded so the water runs away from your home. Some pump or not. Make sure pump. your neighbor's sump pump's not running into your yard. Yeah, and don't run yours into theirs. By the way, I had a claim once where we had liability for my client flooding the neighbor's yard with their sump pump line. Huh. Interesting. I should probably stop doing that then. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason why you do that to your neighbor. Oh, please. <laughs> I have some nice neighbors. It's not what but, I heard. Yeah. Well. They'll get over it. <laughs> I'm not the most popular person. But, hey, I mean, I'm one of those guys who either like me or you hate me. That's just the way it is. Yeah. More people hate me than like me, but that's I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, so this, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I was going to say what questions you have for me. I mean, I've got topics to talk well, about, but the insurance know, is not. Questions. Hey, back on the, the sump pump stuff. Now, also, we're still but, talking Yeah, crap. I, I want to go back and talk about crap more because yeah. – uh, what if somebody and why doesn't not? have a sump pump in their basement, but they get water like through a toilet or something because Oof. of a storm? Is that possible? First of all, if they don't have a sump pump in their basement, they're a moron. Yes. Oh, sorry. Some of the old homes don't. <laughs> Some old homes don't. I mean, Some of the homes We don't. had to put one in our house, but. Well, because you're not a moron. <laughs> Hey, good thing this is recorded because he just admitted I'm not a moron. Oh, <laughs> that's going to be your ringtone. Darren's going to have a new ringtone on his phone. I'm not a moron. I'm not a moron. I'm not a moron. <laughs> Come on. So what was your question? You so were- if someone doesn't have a sump pump, is there any coverage for them if they were to get, you know, if their sewer did back up or anything like that? Negative. Negative. Negative coast right here. Nope. No crap coverage. Not through through the insurance company. Um, Some municipalities may be able to do something, but I don't want to hang any of them out to dry. Okay. Like flood insurance or something like that. So, yeah. So flood wood. Okay. But that's a whole nother step. Yeah. That's, that's fun stuff. So hypothetically, if I left the sink water running in my house and it overflowed and went down the stairs and flooded my basement, is that covered? Yes. Okay. And why is that covered? Water inside of your home, controlled water is always covered. So okay. if you have a child that clogs the toilet and it floods the floor. Or a brother. Or, or anybody. Or somebody that stops over and for a beer like Darren. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> controlled water brought into the house through the water lines, that's all covered. It's just that exterior water, the surface water, that if it enters or exits your home. So you're saying if I want a new kitchen... Oh. Yeah, turn on the faucet Just and turn leave. Faucet. I am not saying that. <laughs> You're not advocating that. <laughs> no. Okay. I'll Interesting. Mental note. <laughs> mental note. Write that down. Uh, you know, not to beat the crap out of this topic. <laughs> There's that pun again. I know. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, man. I have like that that regurgitating effect if I ever like have a sewer issue or something like that. Like even when my kids were growing up, man, if I had to like change a diaper, I was like, Oh, I can't. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I would close the door to the room and stick my hand through and stuff to try to like change it. Yeah. It wasn't for me. So like <laughs> for people that are like me, sissies, do, I mean, 
number one, you usually call your wife because they can handle any of that stuff, right? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's mm. what I do is I call Audra. She, she's like all over that stuff. But, I mean, is, are there services out there like that would clean that stuff up? I mean. Yeah. We've got, there's several restoration companies here in town that, that will provide remediation for that. So they'll clean it up. Take what take away what needs to be taken back to their shops. So, like your yeah. typical like fire restoration or accident restoration company does that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yes. And then they can also put it back together. So not only cleaning it. So it's kind of a one stop shop. One stop shop. That is the worst advertising pun ever <laughs> in the world. It's like conveniently located at your one stop shop for all your all your needs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what was the 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 guys that came out to do the do the sump pump? They said. Um, their logo, they had had a, like a hand of cards, right? And they said, a flush is better than a full house. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That's I thought good. that was the funniest That's thing good. ever. That's I amazing. Like yeah. I, like I mean, it, you know, you, you, you think in the back of your head that there's like a room full of people somewhere coming up with all this marketing greatness but no there's a couple you of buddies probably drinking over beer yeah. yeah hey man this is pretty cool <laughs> yeah. but what are some of the best uh what are some of the best marketing slogans you've heard over the years mm-hmm. like i've heard the you know working to be number one in the number two business oh yeah number one and number two that's business. common yeah, that's good i had a client one time that uh was a radiator company and and um they're not from around here and and they were uh their slogan was a great place to take a leak <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of goofy ones like that isn't he? I mean like who's the most famous insurance person not around well besides the Josh Jackson right <laughs> right yes but like who's the most famous insurance person is it the dude from that other company that's in all the movies that plays like that I mean like if you go back in the commercial you know what I'm talking about like I can't even think of the guy's name I can't think of it. I mean, it must not work very good because I don't remember the name of the company. Yeah. But it does make me want to buy insurance and call, like, the normal insurance guy that I deal with. I'll tell you what, though. You go to lunch with this guy, he knows everybody. Josh Jackson. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I feel like I'm with a movie star when I go out to lunch with him. stop it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Stop. Do you stop for paparazzi and stuff? Yes. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Honey, would you like a selfie? Come on over here. I'll give you a selfie. Yeah. everything. It, it, you run into a lot of people when you grow up here, you go to college here, then you become a professional. You just, you know, a ton of people. So what's changing in insurance in the next six months, right? I mean, obviously building materials through the roof. Like I went to buy a piece of plywood the other day and it's like, I don't know. I got up to the checking account and the lady pushed me over to a loan processing person to fill out an application <laughs> yeah. to so, get a piece of plywood. So, uh, I was talking to one of my clients, they do restoration work and, uh, Sheet of plywood's forty dollars per sheet. Used yeah. to be maybe eight. Country, I mean, obviously, country does a ton of different stuff other than insurance. What's been like the the biggest area for your business to grow in the last five years? We're going through a. That's a tough question. So for the last five years, we've been my we've been working on getting deeper into our households, having more conversations about how to help them plan and prepare for retirement have conversations about protecting themselves in the event uh, life throws them a curveball between here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been, we acquire a lot of home and auto business through a referral network. And so just having those other conversations to be there for them. If you are retired or on the job or you're coasting, so the days of an insurance agent growing a big book and then spending every day at the golf course, those are. Those, those are, are long gone. Yeah. So you, now gonna, I know why Darren got out of insurance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, no. I just think he hated working with you. <laughs> hey, I, I, I don't blame him. Hey, every time he calls me, it's like, ooh, no, flush it to voicemail. Yeah, what does that prick want? <laughs> 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 Trying to sell me something. I know, you know right? <laughs> usually, usually, and then he'll call me, and I'll flush him. Then he'll call you, and you'll yeah. flush him, and vice versa. And then he'll text both of us. Like what the fuck? And, and, and well, then sitting right here, right? and then yeah. it's the time Usually. I do answer him. Oh, I don't need anything. I just call him to bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> but then it's the days I don't answer. It's like, man, I really needed something. <laughs> so let me tell you about the uh, an insurance issue. I mean, it's not really an insurance issue, and, and well, I guess it is. Let's talk about my wife got in an accident in a Range Rover. Like, I don't know. It's been like two and a half weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was right when you guys got back from 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so she she's you know pulls up to a stop sign. It's her turn to go. Takes off. You know, some individual. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> decided it was her turn to go too, and drove right into the side of her <clears throat> at full force and did a did some pretty significant damage. Well, here's the interesting part, right? Like. We took it to MVP Collision to get fixed because they're buddies of ours and they're clients and they've always fixed all of our cars. And we just usually take whatever rental car he can give us. No big deal. You know, obviously he's not a Range Rover dealership, so he's not going to give us some high-end car. Right. You know, the other insurance company, and I'm going to leave their name out of it just just because, but I, I think they probably called my wife at least half a dozen times saying, we need to get you out of your rental car. We need to get you out of your rental car because, you know, it's taking too long to fix your vehicle. Well, it's taking a while to fix a vehicle because parts are on back order because it's a specialty vehicle. And it was a zero fault accident on hers, on her side. So, I mean, like, is that common with insurance companies or is it mostly like cut rate insurance companies? I mean, is that common practice? I mean, I told her to stop taking the damn calls and when the car's done, the car's done. And if you got to pay for the, if we have to pay for the rental, that's fine. We'll just sue the other insurance company and get our money back. I mean, well, they, but that might not be the way that someone else wants to. Handle you know, and, I, and I don't know the other company, so I can't really speak for them, but I know that we have a dollar per day amount that we would like to pay Yeah, for a vehicle. And so we've got arrangements set up with the major rental car companies right. to get a discounted rate because we're renting so many cars across the country. So I can only imagine that they would prefer to have her in one of those fleet vehicles rather than... I can tell you that the rate being charged is less than what there would be at one of those big companies. Then I I don't quite understand why they're trying to get her out of it. I think it's more of a, like the number of days. I think, don't they normally plan like on, you know, hey, you're, you know, we're paying to fix your vehicle, but, you know, it can't we're not going to pay for a rental if it's going to take 30 days. And that seems to be the conversation, right? <laughs> yeah. Usually it's like, you know, I think it's like 14 days. They'll approve it up to or something. But then the like body that. shop is I, like, I've been in that situation before, but it was, um, it was, a, I hit a deer. So it was country paying for it. You hit a deer as a, or a deer hit me, I should say. As <laughs> deer hit. Oh, you're going to go with that. A deer <laughs> hit you. Yes, it did. Actually. Well, I don't I believe see, that. I did see the damage. It wasn't as, so Darren was driving. That was home, the one where the deer leaped over the, over the guardrail and so as impacted a, the side of my car. Okay, so Darren was texting and driving, and Negative. he got in an accident. Negative. <laughs> That's illegal. You cannot do that. No one does that. What are you Whatever. Talking about? Come what are you talking on. About? <laughs> it's probably. Hey, it's like national. Don't drive with the phone in your hand month. I think, I think so. we should create our own national day. What do you guys think? How about national? N- national. Everybody you, bring Darren a beer day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that could work. But how about, like, National Don't Be an Idiot Day? I mean, could you get through a day with... Can't do that these days. Why? Because that means you're calling someone an idiot, and they're going to get upset. But there are idiots. I don't understand (laughs) that. It's like, I mean, in some cases, you run into people, and you're like, well, they're idiots. Like, the guy, the person that she's dealing with on the other insurance company. You know the adjuster's thinking that probably every single time they they handle a claim. You call me, this person's an idiot. Oh. (laughs) Hey, but I look at it like this, right? Like like the deal with the Audra's car, right? I, I, I look at this. I mean, the alternative is we could ship your vehicle to the Land Rover dealership in in Chicago, and, and then it takes you how long is it going to take to do there? And I am guarantee the fleet vehicles that they're going to put you in are not, you know. They're going to be equivalent to. That, that's my point. It's like, it's like I said that to this, this person that was calling, and they were like, well, we'll just wait a few weeks and check back. Trust me, I, I, well, my wife is driving around. It. She would really love to have her car back. She doesn't want to, I mean, and we talk about being spoiled and all that kind of stuff and in like things, but I mean, listen, her rental car doesn't have automatic headlights. And I know that's like the end of the world for some people, but, but like, listen. Oh, it is that's, when you're a car guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you know how many times I've left the lights on on that damn thing? Do you know how many times I'm, we went to the movies the other night and, you know, I'm driving this thing and. You know, I'm making sure my friends don't see me and stuff and driving this thing. It's like a moped. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> cool so, until your friends see you. <laughs> so I'm driving this thing. We pull into the cinemas, and I park the thing, and I get out, and the thing's going, me, because the lights are on. She goes, you got to shut your lights off. And I'm like, okay, if some engineer somewhere that built this car can come up with a buzzer to tell you to turn off your lights, can't you? They just 
you know, create a buzzer to turn on, tell you to turn on the damn lights. I mean, <laughs> doesn't that make sense? But again, I go back to what I was talking about earlier. There are idiots in life. I mean, people. So it's, <laughs> I'm just hearing some yeah. middle class whining right now. <laughs> oh my, jeez. Hey man, I, I'm a car guy. I like cars. I've always loved cars. Mm-hmm. And 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 but but it's. I mean, it, did, did you put automatic headlights in your your new Chevy you're working on? Yeah, but that's way cooler to drive than. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 you can't say. You can drive a Nissan Quest or a 55 Chevy, and both of them have the same features. Which one would you rather drive? Are you going to drive the Nissan Quest? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of car do you have again? Audi, I think. Does that thing have auto headlights? Yes. Oh, there you go. Hey, I, I, you know, (laughs) I do have a car now that has a four-position massager on both seats. That's kind of nice. Audra wasn't feeling well the other night, and we literally drove around town so she could have a massage in the car. Can't you get one of those for your your lazy boy? You, you, yeah, but that's not as cool as the car, man. <laughs> so since we're talking about cars, let's talk about um, – I wanted to talk a little bit about auto insurance because, look, there's all different kinds of things that can happen, right? Um, I'll give you an example. My uh, niece lives with us, and she – she, you know, typical teenage thing, backing out of the driveway, which I'm one of those guys that can't stand it when kids park in the driveway. So mm-hmm. I'm like, already you're, you got one strike because you parked in the driveway. But, you know, she backs out of the driveway, boom, runs into my son's car, does a significant amount of damage to his car, pretty much totals his car out. Her car, you know, she says, oh, just a scratch. Well, yeah, <laughs> just a scratch. <laughs> Anyways, obviously both cars are on my policy, so the first thing I did was bring both of them together and say, you two guys need to work this out because I'm not turning this in on insurance because that the same insurance company is not going to pay for you guys, right? So they worked it out, and then they, they got it taken care of. But, like, does that happen where people actually claim damage because, you know, their wife hit their other car or something like that? Is that a common thing? It happens more often than you'd believe. Seriously? Yes. Especially with youth. That kind of, you know, youth drivers are inexperienced. Idiots. Well. <laughs> no, I'm we, kidding. We all, there are some uh, good. Well. We all learn by experiences, right? Yeah. So, um, depending on a lot of factors, there's a possibility you could have coverage. Needing to know more, like whether or not they're both fully covered, if it needs liability only, that can all impact whether or not the claim's paid out. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a possibility that those would have been covered. Yeah. But it also goes back to, depending on how much damage, do you even, do you even want... Yeah, do you justify deductibles and all that jazz, right? Deductibles, raised premium, all that comes into play when you go to turn it in. So when, when you go through a rate increase, and in typical insurance words, I guess, is... When you go through like a rate increase, what are some of the factors? Obviously, they're looking at claim history and some of those things. But like, does let's say I'm a policyholder and you know I've had some claims, I would obviously expect my insurance rates to somewhat go up, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's just common knowledge, mm-hmm. right? But if I've never had claims, but there's been a you know okay. not a secret that there's been you know ice damming and all mm-hmm. this stuff that happened last year, and there was a ton or there was a hurricane in Florida and building costs are outrageous. Doesn't that kind of like, like what I expect to, what does the insurance company do to try to figure out what those, how those rates are increased? Is it just supply and demand or how does that work? Well, from the most basic standpoint, insurance is a pooling of risk. Everybody's premium goes into a coffee cup, claims drinks out of the coffee cup. If the coffee cup, Runs empty, company goes bankrupt. Yeah. So there are number crunchers down at home office. Their job is to make sure the coffee cup stays full, but not too full. Okay. If it gets too full, the Department of Insurance doesn't like that. So so it's regulated somewhere. Correct. It's very regulated. Okay. So they whenever they apply for a rate increase, they have to run it by the state. The state has to approve it based on the financials. And... Um, you know, I did not know that. So really, we could blame the state of Illinois. I don't know. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. 
But as far as <coughs> Governor Prisker, <coughs> <coughs> as, as sorry, I was clearing my throat. <laughs> my bad. My bad. As far as insurance goes, uh, there's a lot of things going against our home. When I say our, I mean the industry, like just the insurance industry in general. Home policies are running up against the wall right now in regards to roof claims. They're the I love how you say roof. Uh, roof. Roof. Roof, roof claims. Roof. 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 The roof. <laughs> hey, man, you get, you, you, hey, man, you get the roof covered? <laughs> okay. The roof is on Note to self. Enunciate better. Yeah. <laughs> roof. Roof. But anyways. It's, uh, <laughs> frequency. There are far more claims now. You know, back in the day, there's, I think there's been a shift. Mm-hmm. A lot of the blogs I'm reading, everybody's seeing it. There's been a shift in clients filing claims where they wouldn't have in the past. I think about my parents, for example. Yeah. They would have never filed a claim unless they saw shingles on the ground or water spots in their ceiling. Right. And now you've got, I mean, we had contractors descend upon us in April and they yes. stayed all the way through the August storm. Yeah. And they That's a big business now. I mean, mm-hmm. storm recovery, that's a, that's all it's about. It's a sales business more than anything now. It is. And so, you know, I see, this is my opinion, <coughs> there could be a shift in how the roofs are covered in the future, what, it may not look the same five years from now as what it yeah. is today. I think it's a combination of that, but I also think it's a combination of, you know, the homeowner's generation changing and... You know, you mentioned your parents, like, I'll talk about, like, me, like, I wouldn't turn in a claim if, you know, I could fix something in a Saturday afternoon. I just, I just wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know how to fix it, right? Like, I grew up in that life, and, you know, I know how to fix stuff. But I know people, you know, that are 10, 15 years younger than me, and just made me sound really old. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I know, you know, I know people that are 10 years Five to ten years uh, older than yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like I know, and and they don't know how to do those those tasks. So I mean, they have no choice but to turn it into an insurance mm-hmm. company and call a contractor and go through that. But that also reflects in their decision making when they buy a policy. I would think like like they're the ones that freak out over a five hundred dollar deductible because they don't want to pay five hundred dollars out of pocket yeah. to fix you know a leaky bathroom or whatever mm-hmm. that causes some damage, but. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine that you don't have any friends. Come on, okay, it was a relative. No, <laughs> it was Pat. <laughs> um, Do you have friends? <laughs> well, I thought this guy was my friend, but he's not. so you made fun of me for the roof. <laughs> the roof. <laughs> no, uh, they were actually talking about um, these roofing contractors are getting paid by the insurance companies, mm-hmm. and, and not necessarily country. I don't know if they do it or not, but. Um, during the winter, they're going out with roof rakes and pulling snow off roofs, and they're actually they're actually claiming these under the insurance policies. Yeah, it's probably a lot cheaper than putting now, a new roof on. Well, I've yeah, never seen. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if countries doing that or not, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I've seen it, roof it's rakes. turning into a, a bigger business, and I guess it's really popular up in like the Chicago area. Yeah, because the snow probably, has nowhere to go. Yeah, I was thinking probably further north, yeah. where, where there's feet of snow. Could be. Yeah. Because, the, I mean, a policy would cover collapse. Yeah. The so they're probably trying to prevent that. So maybe they figure they pay a little now. They don't have to pay for a whole roof. I don't know. I don't but, know if that's their thought process. They won't or pay not. to tear down a tree. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Interesting how that works. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, confused. somebody in a little corner yeah. cubicle made that decision. <laughs> Took it to the big room of people and around a boardroom that said, yep, <laughs> that makes sense. Let's do that. <laughs> Then they go to the PR department and they say, we're going to do this and let's put out a, a news release that yeah. says we're doing all this and we're fighting back against collapse roofs, <laughs> whatever. You know, I, I spent some time in Alaska with uh, with our church working on a, um, a missionary's home in Anchorage, right? And uh, we built an addition on. And what's interesting about it is I keep thinking about, like, I always think about this place when people complain about snow or complain about <laughs> cold or whatever we built this property and they had gotten some of the work done before we got there we show up and i'm like oh awesome it's framed out you know had two by six framing and i'm like oh it's a little bit thicker two by six framing you know and more insulation that makes sense i get it it's cold it's framed out 
you know, I'm thinking I'm mapping out the plan for the day. Like we're going to insulate and we can get the sheetrock up and we can get this thing happening. Right. Until I found out later that night when we were starting to get all of our materials together that we literally had to frame another two by six wall, six inches in front of the other one. So like we had to insulate vapor barrier, then build another two by six wall and insulate that vapor barrier that then we could sheet rock it. So the room, you know, was, I don't know, like a 30 by 30 room and it ended up being like 20 by 20. When it was all <laughs> but I mean, it's like, they do a lot. I'm thinking about that place. It's like, it's like, mm. I never really thought about until I had my own episode with, with snow and ice on the roof. I never really thought about what they do for, I mean, I guess looking back, a lot of the roofs are very strong pitch. They're not, there's not a lot of flat roofs and, I mean, but you're talking a huge amount of snow, and I don't know. It just made me think. Well, I was having, back to that point, talking about different building codes, different areas. I was speaking with one of my neighbors. Uh, they're from Florida, and I was relaying a story about my brother-in-law down in Austin. They, uh, We all know they had that deep, the polar vortex mm-hmm. reached all the way down there. They lost power. Their house fell down to about 42 um, internal. Uh, outside, it was still seven. So he was freaking out. They had no water. The water was out. Power was out. He was worried about his pipes freezing and bursting. So the home guy in me kicked in and was like, find your water shut off. You need to know where that's at. They don't put it inside the house down there. It's no. Out, it's out on the curb. Yeah, it's probably frozen. <laughs> he was able to get it thawed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was out on the curb. And so luckily for him, so that's something everybody needs to know. But yeah. up here... We have all our water shutoffs inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in case we need to get it because the likelihood of a pipe freezing and bursting is high. Probably one of the best lessons that I've ever, and it was a costly lesson. I mean, we went away on vacation one time and, you know, I didn't shut off my water. I didn't think anything of it and just got on vacation, came back and I came home and I'm like, man, there's a lot of moisture in the house. I don't know what's going on. Well, the little uh, water line on the fridge busted and just spewed water. Uh, for like almost a week while we were gone. Mm. And at the time, I mean, we had that, you know, laminate floor or whatever that everybody was doing. Everybody thought it was the newest, coolest thing, but it was literally a cardboard box to look like. say, it doesn't it, like water. Not even a little bit. So, <laughs> so I'm, it had I'm to in, swell up and buckle. Oh, it was bad, you know. I mean, like, I, it was just horrible. So, you know, I mean, that's what I walked into. But I tell you what, man, if I take a vacation anywhere, the first thing I do is go shut off my, open up my faucets and shut off my water. I mean, <laughs> I'm never doing that again. No. That yeah. wasn't that happened the day before Thanksgiving one year. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you look so intrigued by that. I know, right? Like like I don't have any better stories about insurance. Or no, that's it, man. So <laughs> I guess help me understand this, Josh. Uh one of the things a broadcasting friend of mine ha- had said uh the other day I was on a call and like a Zoom conference and I was talking to him and and he one of the things that he brought up was with the cost of building material right now if you're a cheap ass on insurance and you've underinsured most of your properties that that could come back and bite you in the butt which is what happened to them so they had a loss where you know they had a fire and it was in the middle of all this with the building materials being four or five times the amount and they had some kind of stated value or something, and they couldn't rebuild for what they were talking about. Correct. So, I mean, is that, like, how are you handling that with clients now? I mean, is that something that... Well, so our job is to always try to be the best in regards to answering calls, returning voicemails, but most importantly, offering appropriate coverages. So, um, as Darren can speak to as well, our policies have... um, inflation protection on them. So most of our policies, if you're a new home, you could have your entire house rebuilt regardless of what we have it insured for. No ceiling. Um, We have other policies that that's our extended replacement cost policies. We have other policies that have additional replacement costs where we will go 120% of the insured amount, which I've got four or five builders that are good friends of mine that I've been speaking to lately and lumber packages on if if you wanted to build the same home today that was constructed a year and a half ago, your lumber, depending on the size of the house, would be thirty, forty grand more. That's so, insane. So yeah. if if you had a total loss right now, it, it could be it could be bad. 
if you haven't properly protected your house and you've just focused on the bottom dollar. And it sounds like it's not going to go down anytime soon. It sounds like it's going to continue to go up in price. I was just talking to a buddy of mine. We're, we're <laughs> there you go with that friends thing. I know, again. right? It said buddy this time. <laughs> no, count him. He's got two friends. <laughs> no, it's the same one. <laughs> no, this is a different one. Yeah, okay. we don't believe you. But anyways, carry on. Because <laughs> uh, I've been looking at putting a deck on our house, and we've been holding off because put concrete is cheaper. Well, I know that we're gonna have to because you know it, during whole the COVID shutdown and everything, you know, lumber was hard to come by. Now that's not really the issue. The issue is the price has gone up, you know, two, three, four times the original you know, cost. But it's one of those things that what's frustrating for me is, is there was price gouging when, and when there was an issue with the world markets and, and gas prices and stuff. And there was a lot of people driving up the prices just to meet demand and stuff. And there was this price gouging issue, right? Is that not becoming an issue with building material? Because I mean, those increases, while some are justified, 30 and 40 and 50%, I mean, one piece of 4 by 8 plywood that's normally like 11 to $15 was $48. Hmm. Like, that's not an increase in supply and demand. That is basically just saying, we have what you need, and we're going to charge you a premium mm-hmm. for it. Well, not to go down the political route, but... Uh, oh, please do. From what they're telling me, I know you really want to go there, yeah. I'm trying to stay out of Yes. <laughs> He's but, been waiting for it. No. <laughs> but with... With Remember that term idiots we said earlier? Oh, carry on. <laughs> well, so what the builders are telling me, COVID put a pressure. First off, they shut down factories because they didn't think, or the yeah, the mills, because they didn't want or believe that demand was going to stay up. They thought COVID was going to impact more jobs. People are going to do less stuff when in reality, a lot of people so the, were stuck at home and they're like, hey, I don't like. Yeah, yeah, stuff. right. So. Mm-hmm. or fix it. So let me go into the real world thinking that we were talking about. I mean, this is where I go back to idiots. Like some idiot in a room somewhere in a in a boardroom made that decision mm-hmm. and said, oh, yeah, people, are, the market's going to crash. Really? I mean, so here stick anybody in their house for an extended period of time if they, they're going to fix it. it. Yeah, they're going to find something wrong with it and want to well, fix it. And that's back to why, so our builders right now are putting out tons of permits for new construction. Yeah. Because once you get trapped in your house with your family for a period of time. You want a new house you, with more rooms. Yes. Away from your family. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want a really big garage. Yeah. That's how I just did that. Yeah. With a carriage house on top. Yeah. Four blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, that's what I'm talking about, though. I mean, I, I know I kind of get hot and bothered over this. Yeah, I said hot and bothered. Yeah. <laughs> But, we're I mean, not going to touch that. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, those are the things that irritate me, though. It's like it's there's so many little idiotic things that happen in the world today, especially in business, where where people just don't actually think through the scenario. Like they make decisions like, well, gee, nobody's going to build a house. They automatically no, think the worst is going to happen. You know, or they're they're looking at they're not making decisions based on data, mm-hmm. right? It's like. Well, everybody's going to be out of work and everybody's going to be, I mean, I had a conversation with somebody the other day and, and, and in some of our markets and some of our areas there, you know, COVID hasn't been really beneficial to advertisers in certain sectors or businesses in certain sectors. Right. But there are a huge number of businesses that's sales have went up or sales have maintained and profitability has went up and it, and it's because they've been, and, and if you've noticed it, you can, you can, if you've ever been through like the North Park Mall or the South Park Mall, which is a terrible business anyways, but if you've haven't if you've been there in the last last, I don't know, six months, what you find is you find all these businesses that are now running their business according to profitability instead of saying, you know, we uh, my wife and I went there to get something a couple weeks back and I mean she's like, We gotta go, we gotta go. They close at whatever time and I'm like Seriously? I mean, yeah. like, I got to <laughs> wait, what? You know, so we go in there, and, we're, and and I'm like, why are all these people shutting down? Why is that one closed? Why? Well, they have limited hours over here and limited hours over here and limited hours over here. So everybody inside that building just became a destination business, right? They just basically said, and I understand protecting COVID and all that kind of stuff. I get all that. Mm-hmm. 
but they became a destination business that is a demand-only business that says, you come to me when you want my services, period. And the entire appeal of a shopping mall is to stick people in front of traffic so that they will buy their service when they're not in the market for it. That's the entire appeal of it. But that's why they're failing. That's exactly why they're failing, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, again, I want to go to the boardroom where somebody's sitting in there making those decisions and saying, you're an idiot. You really should look at this practically instead of staring at some numbers and saying, oh, my God, the traffic from 7 to 9 p.m. is really, really slow. So we got to cut back and we got to crap. You got to realize what your mission is and what you're doing. And it's it's frustrating. I remember back out of college, I worked for a cell phone. You didn't go to college, did you? (laughs) And uh, if we didn't have the store. Wait, 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 wait. Back up. You worked at a cell phone store? I did. Did you work for Fetch? Not yours. Not yours. Which cell phone stores do you work for? <laughs> uh, one of the authorized dealers for U.S. Cellular. Hmm. That was about a... My I bought most of those guys. <laughs> but, uh, so we had a penalty. Yeah, if we, if same we thing. If we weren't open by 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. whenever the mall opened, yeah. we had to... The business would have got penalized. I can remember times where I had a business, you know, and I had, you know, regional managers and, and store managers and salespeople, and I can remember a time driving... On more than one occasion, driving to Ames, driving to Iowa City, because we had mall locations, that somebody was sick, someone couldn't show up, because it was literally costing me thousands of dollars every hour that we weren't open. Like, I remember that. Like, it was, and and now today, it's like, eh, well, it doesn't matter, you know? Well, because the only ones that could get away with it were the anchor stores. Well, like, and the malls were full then. Well, yeah, and I think I think the the mall, I think most of the malls, I mean, they're to blame because they they stop doing. And what's ironic is, you know, the malls don't do any. They, you're you're basically a small business, and the reason you go into a mall is because you're buying traffic. That's what you're doing, right? Okay, so and I I would say this to any business or entrepreneur wanting to start a business or or go into a location. The first question you need to ask the mall is, how do you generate and drive traffic to the mall? If you're not asking that question, don't open a business in the mall because you don't know what you're doing. Like when it comes to that, it amazes me to how many people don't ask that very simple question. They're just, you know, they'll set up leasing appointments at 430 on a Friday. You know, the only time they go there and they and they're not thinking about all of the down hours and all of the, you know, slow traffic and things like that. And. And there, and don't get me wrong, there are some malls that are very, very successful, right? And they're still doing very well, but they've adapted, they've changed, they market the mall as a center, they market it in various media outlets, they, they do the things that the tenants expect of them, right? Instead of it just being a building that people congregate at. So Or walk around and drink coffee. Yeah, that's becoming an issue. <laughs> so yeah, like... like I know we're we're talking about insurance, but we're getting, <laughs> you brought up a point, right? It's it's you know another business model that is ridiculously flawed. When you're talking about that kind of stuff, is is like remember the old village inns, right? Like like I know there's a few of them still hanging on, and but you know somebody asked me. I have a good friend that was working there for a long time. He'd been involved in management there a long time, and he's like, I just I just don't know how long it's going to last or whatever. And I'm like, well. <clears throat> Not very long. And the reason is, is because they're trying to be reactive to a situation and environments change so fast. You know, it's like, oh, now we're going to put televisions up. Oh, now we're going to, you know, do this. Or now we're going to add this piece to the menu. And now we're going to do this. And they're doing that all as a reactive situation to the market, right? But mm-hmm. they're not doing anything to drive in a new customer base. Like, it's like, hey, we changed the, all these menu item, items. We have this different look and we have all this. But, you know, our marketing plan, pfft, sucks Mm -hmm. you know we're still going to advertise the same way we've always done it we're not going to go after new people we're not going to do different mediums do different things stuff like that but like that's the thing that intrigues me about the insurance business right and look there obviously there's no secret there's no shortage of insurance people right i mean i mean they're everywhere you guys are like freaking maggots dude you just step them on no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) no i'm kidding awesome i'm kidding but no i mean you yeah the other one yeah but but i mean that's the thing is like in order to be successful and you've got to be completely different you've got to market mm-hmm. different you got to do things different you can't be the same every gotta, day joe you got to tell people how you're different and i mean i know there's things that country does that definitely you know separates you guys from the other insurance companies and 
But if you're not telling people, then how are they going to know, right? Right, right. So right. that's why we do what we do and you do what you do. And, and, you know, we tell people about what you're doing. You know, there's numerous things in my head right now that I could, you know, bring up. So here, here's what I'm going to do. Find okay. up your notes app and yeah. start putting them down for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell him how to run his right. business. <laughs> no, we do. no, he does a pretty good job. Yeah. But as far as, like, for us, we don't, you don't see us advertise in here, in Illinois. Um Unless you're in Chicago, we're sitting in Iowa, dude. Well, we could throw a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we could throw a golf club to the river. But oh my, yeah, but my point is, wait, hold on. Uh, I know you can throw a golf club. I know you can throw a golf club to the river. I've seen it. I've Debbie, seen it. Debbie might hear this. Don't do that. She heard he has. <laughs> yeah, we're streaming it live to her. But uh, no, we're like we don't advertise a ton. So a lot of our business through word of mouth, through mm. small events like you know doing things like this. Farmers markets, etc. Um, you'll see us at big markets: Chicago, Kansas City, St. Louis, uh, Seattle. Do you feel like marketing in big cities is 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 more of a defense mechanism than a, a proactive approach? Well, why do you think that uh, the big competitors do it so much? You're, the brand recognition's already there, right? Right. They're just trying to protect what they have from from exiting to the to the other players, right? So, so in a local market, obviously that's just as important. I mean, cause any business owner could take, just take their business, you know, the next person that is so relation relationship driven. Right. So like, like if I'm your client and I meet somebody and they just happen to be an insurance person and we end up in, you know, great friendship or something like that, it isn't going to take long for them to, to, to drag business away. Right. Like that's just the nature of the game. But that's why you can't be complacent either. Right, right. You still need to be active. You still need mm-hmm. to be out seeing people, talking to them, whether they're your client or your prospect. So you're basically changing kind of like the, I don't know, when you think of it, like insurance guys back in the day, I mean, they were just same people just sitting there and your parents would say, yeah, go to so-and-so. They've been doing insurance forever, you know, and you'd put it on and you just buy it from there because that's where your, where your right. parents would do it. Mm-hmm. It's It amazes me that that people still operate that way but yeah it's, I mean, it's a lot of failing people, them quickly right yeah, especially you know the millennials They're, you said the millennials millennials yes what define millennial not me yeah <laughs> well that's obvious dude look at the top of your head <laughs> it's a little bald you know but yeah no, like they're they're just more of they don't want that contact. And I'm sure you probably see that a little bit. Like they would rather try to do things by email mm-hmm. through an app, but they'll still um, buy. They'll still from buy. A person. Yeah. The other aspect is, um, they're the generation that wants it, wants it now. Mm-hmm. So they, they want the answer when they call or shortly thereafter. So that's where we've launched a texting platform so we can get back to people. We've launched, you know, on top of email, Facebook message, and the 47 other ways you can get a hold of me, <laughs> you know. But as I as I mentor other new reps in the company, you know, some of the things that I express to them is you got to do the things that the other people can't or aren't willing to do. Mm-hmm. And so the email is attached to my phone, Facebook message. There's like four different ways a client can get a hold of me and not even have my cell phone number mm-hmm. and still be able to reach me on a Saturday if they need it. Mm-hmm. So if if I'm not there... Somebody else will be. So you have a team of people, obviously, that work with you. I mean, you're not just super country man out there just doing it all by yourself. No, I mean, I've got staff back at the office because when, if someone called me right now, I need to be able to help them out. Yeah. And if it's not, or somebody from your company needs to be able to help them out. Someone out of my office needs to be able to assist them. And if by chance we're busy, we've paired ourselves with a great company that's got an excellent customer service center that can help handle. 85% 85% of a client's needs when they call in. One of the issues with insurance that I had in the past, and, and um, it's one of the reasons I went with you, is, I mean, I obviously I had a claim from the previous company that I had, and it was a, it was a, just the process was totally unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think, and I guess there's, there's no really e- an easy way to explain it. When I'm going to say unprofessional, obviously, but I mean, it was just, I, I don't know. You know, I called in a claim. I said, this is what happened. We need to get this taken care of. 
I called their 800 number and it, I felt like I was talking to somebody that was sitting in his garage, you know, it might've been, too, and if I'm they were within the last year. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. Um, do you know what your deductible is? I dude, I don't know what my deductible is. Aren't you the insurance company? Can't you just look up my policy and tell me, right? You should be able to. You would think, right? So, well, I'll get back to you later. No call, no call, no call, no call. And I'm a busy guy, right? So, like, like I didn't even think to follow back up. And, you know, a week went by. And a check shows up in the mail in a handwritten envelope. And, hey, great. You know, be personalized and all that kind of stuff. But it's like I literally felt like somebody just just didn't want me to question what they were doing. And they just sent me money. And that was it. Like, it was I, – I was – some people might like that. But that worried me. That worried me to the point to where, like, if something major happens, I wonder if they can actually cover the losses, right? Like our claim side, you've been you've been through a claim. You've been through a claim. Mm-hmm. I've had a claim. damn ice dam. <laughs> I had one too. I said, "Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, tell us." It wasn't as major as yours. Man. Oh, well, we have a new roof minor. now. I no, I didn't get a new roof. Oh, did yeah. you fix it at least? Yes. Was it an insurance claim? Yes. I'm wondering why you just didn't fix it yourself, you cheap ass. Oh, because um, <laughs> it involves some new gutter work. I, don't, I can't do gutter work. Sound a little bit like, oh, I'm a crybaby. No, I can't that, do that. Sounds like, work. hey, I got to go rent a piece of equipment to bend some gutters, and mm. I'm about to do that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I cut you off, or we cut you off. He started talking crap, and that's all right. So it's not the first time. We're good. You just wanted to say ice dam. Yeah, damn time. ice dam. Yeah. Damn ice dam. But it's damn. As, like on the claim side, that's. Another reason why I chose to partner with Country 12 years ago. They've got an excellent claim service. Holy cow, hold on. You've been there for 12 years? Well, this is the 12th. Wow. So what are you, like 58, 30, 39? Thanks. Well, the hairline Thanks. might show them a little older. But Wait, you're what? 39. Holy crap, dude. I'm the oldest one at this table. I know. Yeah. I'll be 38 tomorrow. Oh, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I should be on a beach somewhere. But uh, no, nine out of the last 10 years, we've had the highest ratio of uh or few lowest ratio of complaints per claim so we, we we've won the award nine out of the last 10 years the company has so the claims really fulfills the promises we make on the front end like and that's you know if you were to shop and look around price is one thing but there's also other factors that go into that what's customer service center like if you can't get a hold of your rep how easy is your rep able to how easy can you get a hold of them and then what's the claims like because you could pay cheap insurance and then yeah. have a horrendous claim experience mm-hmm. or not get what's owed and have to fight for it. That, that's not how the industry is. Yeah. That's that's the anomaly. Yeah, they're paying. I mean, essentially, you're paying for advocacy, right? I mean, that's well, what it, yours, yours wasn't crystal clean, but it ended up being fine when it was done. Yeah. And if I would have had, insert crappy insurance name here, company. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked out really well, well. What if you don't have a rep? What if you bought it directly from the company? Which is common. Correct. Which is my, my daughter has progressive insurance. So there's nobody to advocate for. And every time she has to call into customer service, she has to retell her story because she's talking to a different person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where the term idiot comes back into this conversation <laughs> again. That's going to be your go-to. Yeah, I know. Idiot. You uh, should change the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Who's an idiot this week? <laughs> uh, well, we can make that work. We could. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Uh, well, there's one other thing I wanted to touch on before we, we wrapped up here. I wanted to touch on, we had been talking a little bit about, um, I know we kind of touched on cars and stuff like that. And we'd been talking about claims on cars and what are some of the things to look out for when you have a really nice car, you know, or it's just not a typical car. I mean, I've had situations and I'll use a friend of mine example. And yes, I have friends too. Hmm. You sure? It's really a family member. <laughs> or is it a Facebook friend? Because they're all uh, best friends. I, on Facebook, I right? have a lot of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Everybody's got friends on Facebook. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> um, if you have a nice car, right? Like, and, and this particular friend has the state minimums for his insurance because mm. he's a cheap ass. Won't spend the money on it. You know, he's like, look, I can adjust these down to $20,000 on my app. And my premium goes down $9 every six months. Right. Okay. I mean, that's, uh, I'm not exaggerating. That's the experience he's had. Right. And to be honest, if I'm driving a $50,000 car and he's driving behind me, I'm worried. Mm -hmm. You should be. Because if he hits me, I'm screwed. Right. 
Well, I'm not screwed because I'm covered, but you're, always think worst gonna, case scenario. You're going to be covered because you have a car and your car has is insured on a policy, right? Um, but he's going to have problems because if so, like, what are some of the problems he'll have if he runs in? Because I mean, well, you don't have you enough t- coverage. You we a- last time we talked, we talked about you didn't think there was going to be a time in your life where you were going to see a pickup truck that was how much money, for right? Ninety grand for an F one fifty. Yeah, I mean, so if I've got a fifty thousand dollar limit. On my insurance, and I run into the back of that F one fifty. What are state minimums? Let's use Illinois as an example. Illinois twenty forty, Iowa's twenty five fifty. Explain that for the the listeners here. Yeah, explain 20. that. Explain that for us in the cheap seats because twenty forty <laughs> sounds like you can see really damn good. That's yeah. what it sounds like. <laughs> no, actually, so, I don't know if that's even good vision. But so, no, so twenty forty right. is uh, bodily injury limits that you pay to other people. With that, it's generally $20,000 for property damage as well. So what that means okay. is, is Darren rear-ends you. You get a <laughs> kink in your neck. All right. <laughs> Darren drives let's, into the back of my car. Correct. Let's be adults here. <laughs> <laughs> so Darren drives into the back of your vehicle. You get a whiplash. Uh, the back of your car is all messed up. And now, well, here, let's, let's switch gears. I've got a client. Uh, back in February, he slid through a stop sign. Okay. Nice um, car. Uh, it was a 2019 RS5. Oh, Audi. Yes. Nice so, car. Very nice car. <laughs> Slid through the intersection. Uh, front end of his car got clipped. Uh, it was totaled out. Seriously? Correct. Clipped bad or? Uh, I can show you the photos. Uh, literally just right in front of the front tires, just kind of swiped the front end. Looked like maybe a fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000 fix, but it got to the subframe motor. Oh, done. Ooh. Yeah. And so anyways... Um, What's the retail value of a car like that? Like eighty grand, seventy five thousand. Yeah. Okay, so that's mm. carry that's, on, that's carry what, on. That's what we paid out for it. Now that I can envision the car, <laughs> now I'm good. So <laughs> he um, had he have not been at fault, let's say the other person was at fault that hit him, and they had those twenty forty limits, the twenty thousand per person, forty thousand per accident. We would pay the difference. So their insurance company would pay the twenty thousand dollars. We would pay the difference, and now we will subrogate back against them, which is a legal term, meaning we're going to go get our money. Subrogate. I can never say that word. Subrogation. Subrogation. There you go. It sounds like a an indie's al- indie just, alternative rock band. Subrogation. Just <laughs> live at the forum. <laughs> you can just ask Alexa over there. Down at the Rust Belt. Oh, Ooh, now she's listening. Did you? S- <laughs> Alexa, shut up. Carry but so, on. But so in that situation, what happens is, is the insurance company now wants to, to get their money back. And so they're going to garnish your wages. They could put a lien against your home. They could, they could do all kinds of stuff to to get their money, take you to court. And so that's where appropriate limits are in place. Yeah, I think what a lot of people don't really understand is, um, and and look, I know there's a lot of people in society that are like, I don't need insurance, and you know well, what are they going to take? I don't have anything, and all that kind of stuff, right? Like like I I, I get to that. I was young and dumb once too, and I I thought like, had that train of thought when it comes to stuff like that but but i don't think they they fully understand the amount of people that like an insurance company like country have that sole goal is to recover loss right like they will go to court they will go through all that process they will do discovery of assets they will find out if you have anything they will find out where you're working uh my my kids uh uh, fiance or girlfriend or whatever. I mean, I don't think she like um, went through that rough of a situation, but I, I, I do know that she went through, um, she had a car accident and she was underinsured and she's paying a payment every month to the yep. insurance company. And it's, it's not cheap. I mean, it's like 50 or 60% of her income. And they're, they're going to do it until they get their money back. Yeah. Um, and if and she it, stops paying them, she's going to be in trouble. Correct. Um, Cause then they'll start tacking, you know, you may have made, they'll go after her paychecks and all that stuff. So it's, um, you know, I understand folks that are not, they just, the loan company told them they have to buy it. Yeah. So they don't want it. Nobody likes to be told what they have to do. Right. But the reality of it is when you have a claim, because everybody's going to have one, very few people don't ever. When you have a claim, that's when you realize what you, what you bought. Right. And the only thing you can hope for is something catastrophic didn't happen. I mean, I, I recall a story of, uh, one of Darren's old clients that uh, I thought you were going to say friends. And I'm like, there's no way he's got three friend. of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Remember, remember your client? Yeah. Was up late, was drowsy going into work, and uh, the worst happened. They they hit a pedestrian. Yeah. Um, and they're they were just they're now deceased. And he luckily had. I think I read about that. He luckily had good limits, uh, proper recommendations, and so he was well protected. But uh, not all are. Yeah. Yeah. And they were actually trying to sue for even more. More than what the policy limit was. They ended up settling for the policy limits. I mean, it's still good, good, you know, amount of money that was paid out. But well, I'm sure they made a decision somewhere in there that thought that you know the policy limit is. It took a year. It took a year to close that out. Wow. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That is insane. You know, the one thing that I can say is what country is really good at, and what Josh is even better at than than most of of the reps out there. Are you kissing his butt? Kind of. Well, remember he's one of my one friends. So, um, (laughs) one of one. (laughs) Oh no. As you know, meeting with his clients and going over limits and just going over the whole picture, you know, cause there's so many different things out there, but again, Oh, I think we went through that when people don't want to pay for insurance. You know, it's like, I think the one thing that I remember that no one ever wanted to, you know, pay for, I don't need it is life insurance. Yeah. I know it's like kind of so corny to bring it up. Yeah. But still, Oh my gosh. I mean, there's been so many, you well, know, COVID examples. changed that. Yeah. Actually, people are willing to have the discussion because all you have to do is flip on Good Morning America and you'll find out how easy it is to die. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's so true. And that's just one thing that, you know, a lot of people don't think about. Or, oh, I got it through work. But then look at how many people lost their job during COVID. Oh, yeah. You know, now they don't have life insurance. You know, yeah, I'm getting unemployment. Well, that's a whole but other I got no topic. I got, yeah, exactly. Another episode, but... <laughs> I know I said closing with this and, and then we wrap up, but there's one final thing that I want to say. And, and I want to go back to, you're talking about policy limits and stuff like that. Like um, at the risk of sounding redundant and bringing the term idiot back out again, let's bring out idiot. Don't, don't say, okay. Idiot. Is that going to be our marketing campaign? No, don't yeah, be I mean, an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. That'd be a great marketing campaign. Just don't but, be an idiot. Call Josh Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. Think I wonder that, if you can get that I URL. Don't, think, I don't, don't be an idiot. I was gonna say, would that. that make it through compliance? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Uh, I guess my here's what I here's a question that I want to ask. Okay, um, and and I, I want to know at what point states intervene and, and fix this problem, right? Because this seems to me like it's a it's a big problem, and I mean, I can go to the state building, right? I can walk out into the parking lot that has 200 parking spaces and 190 of the cars cost more than the state minimums. At what point does the state say, gee, this needs to be revisited and we need to raise the state limits, right? Like that goes back to the being an idiot. And well, the, the state minimums have been what they are for my 11 plus years. And so probably well, there was, to your I can't remember if it was Illinois or Iowa had recently just increased it a little bit because one state was, a, was lower than the other. Maybe okay. I'm so wrong. 11 year, 11 that, years that was right? within the last like five, six years. Now you're going to force me to look it up. I know. Day, so. <laughs> Darren, Darren, Google what, how much an F1, a brand new F-150 cost 15 years ago. Oh goodness. This is what I want to know. This is important to me because so you said there like, here's what I how many years ago? Here's 15 years ago. A 1999 Ford Mustang. GT 35th anniversary was like 24 grand. You you have one of those cars, don't I you? I do. That's how I know. Oh my god, you're <laughs> such a dweeb. I've had it. I've had it since it was new. I bet it's I got think. a spoiler. Well, I didn't put it on. <laughs> It's it does have uh, pink dice in the window. Stop. Of course it does, <laughs> it does not. It's leopard print. It's probably got uh, one of those fart cans on the back of it too. Okay. <laughs> so I was wrong. Uh, Illinois has increased theirs to twenty five fifty. So both okay. oh five grand. Woo! But yeah, I don't well, even, exactly. That's you, I don't even keep track of where the floor is because our recommendations it's, are it's, stay the hell away from it. it. Yeah, yeah. So did you find it? Yeah, uh, oh. Ford F one fifty. Uh, well, this is just what popped up. Super Cab STX four wheel drive, 29,000. 29,000, 2005. The same truck's 100 G's, right? Yeah. Well, the, the one I was describing was the Shelby GT or the Tonka trunk version. Oh, yeah. So it's probably but what? Still. 70 grand, probably for the other one. So it's three times the price. Crazy. Well, Wait. look at the how many Yukon XLs or Denali's are driving around the Quad Cities right yeah. now. Yeah. Those are $80,000 cars. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend um, that yep. had. Yeah, I have one friend. Actually, I have more. I have two. 
Will you be my friend? <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> no, he's new nickname. <laughs> he's he's had a, a Chevy Avalanche forever. He loves this Avalanche, but I mean the car gets hit like every week, right? Well, this, I mean it does look like a tank. I mean it's like you look up the 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 uh, Carfax on it and it's like nine hundred and seventy one accidents reported, right? Like, but he loves the car and they don't make him anymore and but the value of it's still so high. To where, like, you know, someone bangs into it and does a $5,000 damage on it, he fixes it, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, even that vehicle today, and it's being, I think it's, was a, it's a, they stopped making them in 13, I think it's the last year he had. So even those, I mean, they were still 55, 60,000 bucks brand new in 13. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what, eight, nine, eight years ago? Eight. One, two, oh, <laughs> but nine model years yeah. here in a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, mm-hmm. if I was to give you five sec or ten seconds to give your elevator pitch for mm-hmm. country, what, what would you say? Spot. I mean, I I kind of threw it out there earlier about oh. how you know. Let's just assume that nobody was listening because this so, is they a, tuned, so they tuned in late. To yeah, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's what you missed. Um, idiot is the key term <laughs> of the day. Um, no politics, and um, Darren has a friend. Three. Two. Three. Three. Well, there's two people in the room, so he's got one more, right? It's yes. Like, well, it's his brother-in-law. So it's family. They don't count, right? Yeah. No. No. Even though I call him friend? It's a joking term, right? Yes. Yeah. So hey, friend. Then he's not your friend. Hey, friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> All right. No, as far as, as far as the elevator pitch, I mean, the pitch... We, our job is to look after everybody. We want to have their best interests in mind, take care of them, make the proper recommendations. The premium falls where it falls, but ultimately we want to help people protect what they have today and plan for the future and then protect against anything that the future may throw at them. That is our goal. Okay. We're still on the elevator. The elevator's still going up. <laughs> well, we, we only selected the second floor. Uh-huh. All right, Josh, thanks for joining us today. Have a good one. Appreciate you having me. Well, at least it didn't end like The Sopranos, where it just cut to black. Well, you know how they say the show must go on? Well, they weren't talking about this show. I think that's a 10. Let's go with a 10. That's all I'm going to say about it. Well, that's all there is to it. At the end of the day, though, loved every minute. The party is over. That's it? That's all you got? Now get the hell out of here.